So I think most people here now know that I kind of consider myself a revert to the faith. I was raised Catholic and everything and then fell away and I'm not sure if you can tell, but I came back. I came back to the church. I realized, you know, so, but actually my whole reversion to the faith is very much centered on the Eucharist. So I want to share a little bit about how that came about. And I went to Winter Springs High School and I was, while there, went, uh, I was working at Tuscola Country Club, not too far away from where I was living. And this crazy thing happened my senior year where every time we needed a server at the, at the club, uh, there was this group from this non-denominational Christian church, and they're like, I have a friend that can serve. And next thing you know, it's like all these college-age students from this one non-denominational church. And when I graduated high school, they invited me to join their young adult group. Sure, why not? Again, I, would, I had fallen away from my faith, and they were good people, and I went. And there was free food, right? I mean, so why would I not go? So there was free food. It was at the pastor's house. And then they do some praise and worship music and uh, actually, the worship leader ended up on The Voice, so, you know, it was, it was pretty good music, and then uh, we would have a Bible study. Very simple, nothing too crazy, and uh, it was October of that year, I was moving down for culinary school in South Florida, and my very last time there, they said, uh, we're doing something different tonight. And I was just, okay, what are we doing tonight? And they said, we're having communion tonight. And then during the music, they were walking around with oyster crackers and grape juice. And they presented it to me, and I just looked at it. And I'm like, this is the same thing I put in my chili and my clam chowder. Like this. And I just remember looking at it, and when someone offered me imitation, I desired the real thing. And I remember I, was, I just politely declined. I said, no, no, thank you. I'm okay. In my mind, I just had dinner. Why do I need a snack already? Um, but anyway, so I remember the first thing I did when I moved down to South Florida is I need to find a church. And I had this desire on my heart for the first time in my life to receive the Eucharist. But the incredible thing is at that moment, I really had no idea what the Eucharist actually was. And I remember one of my roommates, uh, he was from Tennessee and uh, he was also Catholic and I started dragging him to Mass. And we were talking one day and he's like, you know we believe like that's the body of Christ, right? And I was like, no, we don't. And he's like, no, 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 like that's like body, blood, soul, divinity of Jesus Christ. Like it's the actual body. And I was like, we don't believe that. I had no idea. I had not, intellectually I had no idea. Even though when I was offered imitation, I knew that there was something different about the Eucharist that I received at mass and that that wasn't it. At the same time, I still did not comprehend what the Eucharist really was. Still had no idea. And as I continued to uh, grow in my faith, and next thing you know, I, I mentioned this, we did a video for, on the importance of Eucharistic adoration for the upcoming Solemnity of the Sacred Heart. And I shared a little bit that next thing you know, I joined a Catholic young adult community and they started inviting me to go to daily mass. They started inviting me to go to Eucharistic adoration and spending time in silence before the Eucharistic Lord. And it completely changed me. And I was able to come to understand that this wasn't just a piece of bread that the priest said fancy words over, but rather it was the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. And even as a child, when I didn't understand entirely what it was, the reception of the Eucharist was melting my heart, changing my heart, bringing conversion in my life. And I knew that. And as I started to spend time more at Mass and in Eucharistic adoration, my life started to change. 
But I'd like to point out two ways that the body of Christ was working in my life. First, like I've mentioned, in the Eucharist in, uh, that we received from the altar and how that was changing my heart, converting my heart. But the second is the mystical body of Christ made present in the church, made present in the people. That was people inviting me deeper, people inviting me to go to daily mass, people inviting me to go to Eucharistic adoration. It was also the body of Christ made present here, not just on the altar. But it's not one for the sake of the other, as if one takes greater precedence, but both are required. It takes both. One is not in favor of the other. It's not as if we can put one in greater importance. Both. And this upcoming Friday is the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart, as I mentioned, and we're having an adoration challenge from morning mass starting after, so at 8.30 through 7 p.m. Time here in our chapel to spend in silence in adoration. And I'd encourage you to take that time because you don't know what kind of healing could happen spiritually, emotionally, physical hearing, healing, healing in your families. All of that is possible when we take the time with the Lord in silence to allow the Lord to melt our hearts, to bring about that conversion, to entirely trust everything to him there made present. So I my challenge to you is to fill up one of those slots. You can sign up online. They're going to have sign-ups after Mass. You can sign up for one of those 30-minute slots. There's 40, uh, 40 spots available in every half hour. I want them all filled. I will not be happy until all 40 slots in every half-hour increment are filled. I will start walking the streets of Winter Park, Park Avenue, with a computer saying, please sign up for this. Don't make me be that guy. Sign up. But the other encouragement for you all is not just for yourself to come, but to invite someone else, because you don't know what kind of healing that other person needs and what the adoration could do for them. Imagine if my friends would have said, oh no, Adam doesn't need that. I'm not gonna invite him. He, that won't benefit him. I probably wouldn't be standing in front of you today, but because someone invited me to go deeper, here I am. That's what happened. So I encourage you to find that person, whoever it might be, maybe they're Catholic, maybe they're not Catholic, and they just need some prayer. But I'd also encourage you that, uh, I've heard, oh yeah, well, I'll stop by at some point on Friday. Jesus is willing to commit to you all the way to the cross. Are you willing to commit 30 minutes to say, no, I will be there for that time slot, not maybe I'll show up or I'll do it on my terms. No, fill up one of those slots. Take the time, dedicate yourself. It's a little, tiny, little detail. And maybe, all right, well, I want to sign up for the 11 o'clock, but I might get there at 11.05. Sign up for the 11 o'clock slot. Don't just not sign up because you're afraid that you might be a couple minutes late or something like that. Sign up for that slot. Encourage your family to do it as a family. Do it as a ministry. If you're involved in a ministry here, say, hey, we should all jump on this slot or that slot or we should take multiple slots and divide ourselves up. But take that time because there's healing that can happen. Invite others to that healing as well. We don't know, but what I, I do know, there is no doubt in my mind is that when we, as a community, place ourselves before our Eucharistic Lord, when we recognize ourselves as the body of Christ as well, amazing things can happen. There was, yesterday after the 5 p.m. Mass, there was a woman who was visiting from the Diocese of Wichita, and she said in their diocese, 
They have started 24-7 perpetual adoration in all of their churches. They have over 100 seminarians. I believe she said about 140 seminarians. Their parochial schools are filled to the brim, and there's so many incredible things that are happening there. The church here is open now until 7 p.m. every single day, with our Eucharistic Lord made present here in the tabernacle, and these doors open. Do we drive by the church? Oh yeah, that's where I go to church. Or do we drive in the area knowing that the Lord is waiting for us here? Or can we take a few minutes? Let's say this Friday you're out of town. Oh, sorry, I can't come to the challenge. I'm out of town. Jesus is always waiting here for you. He's always waiting to encounter you. The question is, are we able to turn to him and make that commitment so that we can have conversion and healing in our lives and in those around us?